The theme the last week, the theme that has emerged the last week from different guys speaking is the theme of journeys and Masay, the different travels, the different places were led. And that really emerged both, it, it was it, tremendously fittingly, both in terms of Golos has been a journey that Hashem has brought us to all different places and taken Klaisel, different conditions and different parts of the world. And both I feel like sitting here together, coming together, meeting up, this meeting place called Sulam, each guy's like headed, one guy's, one guy's switching from Eretz Yisrael, coming back to start dating, to start going out. One guy's from here going to Eretz Yisrael to start a career of base medrash learning. Different people transitioning, one guy learning, transitioning to starting to earn a parnasa to support a family. Just different transitions, different people coming in and coming out to all different places on their journey. And the theme has come out about journeys. And I want to I wanna weigh in on a specific nekuda that Hashem, somebody, somebody said it. Somebody, one of the chevra said this and alluded, Hashem says to Avram Avinu, Lech lecha meyartzcha, meyladcha mebeisavicha laaretz hashareka. Hashem says to Avram Avinu, He says to leave all that you're used to, leave everything, all the securities that you have. Three like profound securities that a person has come out of your comfort zone and go. It's interesting, very fascinating. We've discussed how the Torah is written already this summer. It's fascinating that we weren't told a lot about Avram Avinu's greatness before. Who was this man that he was so chosen? And the Rishonim already, the Ramban already asked this Kasha. It's not like we're given a history of Avram Avinu and we're like, ah, that's why, that's why Avram Avinu was chosen. He did, you're not really told much. A real introduction to Avram Avinu, he's mentioned at the end of Parshas Nayach. But the introduction to Avram Avinu, it's not like the Torah records the following greatnesses he did, and as such, by Noyach, it records his tzedkus, it records specifically as two compliments about Noyach, and then describes, Hashem tells him to make a teva. The second great chosen man, Noyach's the first one who has a certain, in, in, in a dargas chosen, and chosen for a task. And when Nayak's chosen, we're given an introduction of who he was that he was so chosen. Avram Avinu, we're not really told. He's told, Why? Why him? I once saw a pshat that the answering the call of Lech Lecha is the very reason he's chosen, that every single person has a Lech Lecha call. Every person, it's said that you have your comfort zone, you have your anhagas you're used to, and the very fact that he answered the Lech Lecha call, the willingness to come out of his comfort zone, the willingness to head Alpidat Var Hashem is the very reason he becomes the, the, the first da'av. Avinu, Avram Avinu, is very answering the call of Lech Lecha. So it doesn't have to say what he was, who he was. He was somebody who answered a Lech Lecha call. 
of leaving that which is comfortable, leaving that which he knows, the willingness to step out of his comfort zone. And Hashem says to Avram, where should you go? I will yet show you. Sammy, it's so striking that he's not told where you're headed. I'll yet show you. I'll yet show you. Very, very difficult. Very, very difficult to be told, go. And we'll see. I'll yet show you. It's, it's much easier to go when you know where you're going. Much, much easier. The in Eved, it says, It's an Isr Daraisa to work your Eved Avoidas Perach. Now, what's Perach? What type of labor? You're not allowed to make your servant work Avoidas Perach. What's Avoidas Perach? Says the Rambam, Avoidas Shein Lakitzva. If you say you work, I'll tell you until when. It's torture. I'd rather sit, you have to figure out the times. This one's easier to sit in an hour and a half share that you knew was ending an hour and a half share than to sit in a share that even went an hour but you had no like idea how long it would go. There's something hard, there's something easier to know that it has a gvul. From here to here, you bear down and you do it. Avoid the shame like Kitzpah. If you don't know when it's going to end, that's avoid this perach. That's backbreaking labor. You work, Ben. I'll, I'll tell you. We'll tell you what. That's avoid the shame like Kitzpah. Give me a task, even a hard task, and I'll do it. Tell me work, and I'll tell you when to stop. That's torture. It's avoid this perach. And here Avram Avinu is told such a lush and go, and you know. Tell you, where, where am I going? Tell me, I will yet show you the land. What a strange way of telling somebody to travel, and we'll see. But of course, the pshat that Avram Avinu's told the land I will yet go is if you're, very, if you're very certain what you'll do, what you won't do, where you'll head, that's not an evid. The trusted, trusted evid says, I'm there for the task of the Adin. And the other, what you say, boss, what you say, master, is what I do. That's like the real, that's, that's avdus in a profound sense. If the sense is only, the, I'm capable of this, this is what I do, this is who I am, this is how far I'll go, that's not Nishkan Eved, that's an Adon. That's a worker, but an Eved is the Mitzayus that Hashem, where you tell me, I'll go. And the journey of every person contains I'll yet show you. I'll yet show you. I remember, I remember when I was a youngster, so my oldest son was very, very little, and a man came to Waterbury, an intelligent man, and he described the challenge of having a daughter who's totally the opposite of him. And when he said it, it's funny, we were a lot of young people, we all little kids. I don't know if the man might be brilliant. It could be he was saying what's obvious and he was talking to people like young kids. Today I would laugh. I would literally laugh. It wouldn't, at the time we were wide-eyed youngsters. The man as a kid, like a guy was talking, he has a kid like, where'd he come from? And trying to like, he described the profound, a very serious, you're not, you're talking about a father who gets it, who knows that his task is to get in there. You're not talking about a guy who's out to lunch. You're talking about a father whose task is to get in there. I shudder, a guy, a, a yid's a masmid, and his son's like dying somewhere, he's a masmid. 
I don't know what I don't know what books he's reading. I don't know what he's a masmid about. The Svarimayev speak about speak about being a tata, speak about Bonim. Svarim Shut Mevarin David talks about Rabbi Yashiv encounters with Rabbi Yashiv. The Chiyuv, the Chiyuv to be there for your kids. Svarim Pshutim. So this man described having a kid like to be there. The journey you end up on is so was so far, and we were like sitting there as youngsters, like wow, this must be so hard to have a child, a daughter, like who's so foreign to you, and you have to enter that realm. Today it's just, of course, every human being, that's what it means to be an Evid. That's what it means to be a healthy, successful Evid Hashem. You don't know where life's going to take you. You don't know the trip Hashem has in mind. If you knew the trip, you were very like geared up for a certain thing. That's not an Evid. The Evid's the guy who's there at the, at, the, at the master's every call and beckon, and this is what the master asks and wants and needs, and the ever jumps in there because this is what the master needs. I don't want to turn it into a shita because I'm not convinced a shita, it's more a visual for me. I'm, don't, don't take this as a shita. I think there are two types. So don't take, I just was talking to you the Deutsch about this. A guy's wife has a child. I have seen men, I'm not making a sheet out of this. It could be he's incapable of boiling a pot of water. I see a man like he doesn't know what to do. His wife had a baby. Get in the kitchen, roll up your sleeves and make supper and get, let's go, clean the house, let's go. So I don't know, it could be there's a man, he's a cream puff. I don't know, it could be he can't get there. I don't know, maybe there's such as that. I don't know. I don't want to make a shita, but my visual of a healthy evid, so now the task is this, so let's go. Now the task is this, so let's go, roll up your sleeve and let's, I, I don't relate, you're so narrow, you're so stuck, life, Hashem has different ideas, different tukufas, and one of my favorite psukim in the Torah, one of my favorite, like, it boggles my mind, Avram Avinu is the God Ladur, Avram Avinu, from the greats in history, Avram Avinu, the day he came into Yeshiva, I, I, it's like, it's dazzling. <laughs> Avram Avinu comes to Yeshiva one day. He has the most important Yeshiva in the history of our nation. And he says, Rabbi Sai, we're closing the Yeshiva for a little bit. Wow. Talmidim are looking at Rebbe, what are you talking about? This is, the, this is the Yeshiva. This is the most, the whole world is buzzing about Avram Avinu's Yeshiva. It's the center of the world. It's Mamish, the center, and Avram Avinu says the yeshiva is going to be closed for a few months. Talmidim are looking, that day's meeting, these, this is just what happened. And Avram Avinu says, you see, um, my nephew has been captured. <coughs> it calls light his brother. It's actually this week's parasha, Dvarim. Hashkacha, we're quoting it in parasha's Dvarim. It's this week's parasha. Light is called the brother. I'm sorry? Yeah, Light is called Avram Avinu's brother. He was his nephew, not his brother. But Light, Avram Avinu has a loyalty to Light. Light in Mitzrayim is quiet. When Avram Avinu says about Sarah, she's my sister, and it's really his wife, Light is quiet. It's funny, when I was younger, I was bothered, like the big deal, he didn't kill his cousin. I mean, you got to be like such a rush as a... 
he was quiet. Light was quiet when Avram said, sorry, man, was his sister, not his wife. Now, when I was younger, I thought, what's the big deal? Light was quiet. I mean, what, he's going to squeal on Avram? I'm older. It's, it's not a bad question. Light, was, light went with Avram. Avram, I mean, anybody who was in on this secret, you don't know what kings are, is all dead. If you had a secret from the Melech and you all were in on this kanonyazad, this plan, and you're part of the conspirators, so you're dead. I mean, Light, light basically hitched his wagon to Avram. It's not like he, he, to ask the question, what's the big deal? He didn't squeal on Avram. You're Wait, crazy. Like, yeah, he should have ran away, Light. Light stayed on Avram's team and knew that Sari Main was a wife. Is, is, he gave up his life for Avram. He said, I'm with you, Avram. Because anybody who's part of this plan, who knows anything, they're all dead. When Paroi finds out, which he ultimately does find out, no, 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 no. It's not his sister. Sari Main was his wife. Anybody who's part of this kanunya are all dead. And the fact that Light acted loyal to Avram, he hitched his wagon to Avram, forever in a profound way connects him to Avram. In a profound way. We're a people of gratitude, of tremendous gratitude. Yesterday, a man helicoptered here. I don't like shows. To gather the guys, let's do a little Musa show for the Hevra. I felt to gather the Hevra. Here's a Yid who from minute one hitched his wagon to Waterbury. Him and his family, like we're donors to the yeshiva. And if, you, if, you, if, you don't, if that doesn't create a loyalty, that's a tif chesarun and midas. A basic gratitude, appreciation, loyalty. And here, fascinating, light hitches his wagon with Avram Avinu. Light says, I'm with you, Sammy, giving up his life. By going along with Avram Avinu's plan, is a nutty plan. You're in a foreign country, the Melech controls things, and Light joins Avram Avinu in this plan to say that Sari Menu is my sister, not my wife. You don't play around with kings when you visit a foreign country. And Light goes along, so he hitches his wagon with Avram Avinu. He's basically in a profound way saying, I'm with you. And forever, Avram Avinu treats Light, you're my brother. It's no longer his nephew, Kinesh Ba'achiv. When Light is captured, when Light is captured, Avram Avinu goes to his yeshiva that day and says, Chevri, yeshiva's over. For a few months, close, a big sign goes up in yeshiva. Vayarek es chanichav. And they learn war. This like innocent, beautiful, loving yeshiva, he trains them. Vayarek, it doesn't say how long. Did they practice for like a year, five years? Doesn't say, it's not a history book. So they all take lessons on war. It says he armed them, means they went to gun, they went to galleries, they learned to shoot. Avram Avinu's yeshiva became a place they learned the, bad, the, the art of war. Doesn't tell us the shtadlus, it's not a history book. I don't know how much a shtadlus, yes or no, I have no idea. But Avram Avinu's yeshiva is he arms his yeshiva and he says, Hever, we're going to have to learn how to fight a war. I'm so moved. It might have been Avram Avinu's most, from his most important shiurim he ever gave in his yeshiva. Is now Rabbi says, it's time to fight a war. Let's learn what a soldier means, how a soldier behaves. And they learned to, we never thought, is not what I pictured. 
There's not what I pictured, and we never thought, oh, but this is the task in front of you. This is the task in front of you. I'll yet show you. So I never, I never expected to be a soldier. I never expected to cook meals. I never expected this child's journey. No, okay, so that's what an Evid means. I'll yet show you where I want you to go. There's, there's, a, there's a deep fear. You can most see it. It's expressed most on certain type of Bali Tshuva. It's true by us all. You sometimes need to see it magnified in another to notice it in yourself. There's a certain fear about tshuva has, where is this going? What am I going to be at the end? Am I going to be a meisharim guy? Bali tshuva have this fear because they're clearly willing to journey. The rest of us are very careful where it goes. Very careful where it goes. The letting go, we all can relate to that fear. What does the end of this mean? Where is this headed? What is, could I at least know, like give me a picture of where, of where this is headed. It's difficult not to know where it's headed. And there's a begin of Avdus El Aretz We don't exactly know. We make as best plans as we can. We have ideas. But ultimately, in Avodah Hashem, the willingness to adjust to what Hashem wants from us. The story we, we've discussed many times, we said that story of Shibbon Ibn Levi, we said a chsidish version of the story, and learning how to adjust to plan B, which really I sh- shouldn't even call a plan B, learning how to adjust to Hashem's plan. But I thought, I, I hear? <laughs> but, we, but, but letting yourself, letting ourselves be led and adjusting. Of course, making plans. Of course, making thought out plans. But what's Hashem's plan? I always, I always think about the Seder night, all of us, I'm excited for you all, for your achana, for the Seder night. You're all gonna be charged, and for weeks before, pray your brains out. You're gonna be charged to run a Seder for your family. I always say that the nace to run a good Seder is probably equal to the, equal if not greater than the nace of getting out of Egypt. To nace, to run a good Seder is a miracle. Your wife's exhausted, she hasn't slept in a week, she's been cleaning. Your kid, this one is sophisticated, wants to hear this thing. This kid, and you, it's a nice, there's, there's needs and wants, and you're, and you're charged, you're going to run a seder one day. It's a miracle, it's a miracle that it can talk to all, be relevant to all, work for all. It's, it would take a miracle to run such a seder, it's an absolute nice menashamayim. And pray to Hashem. You pray to the Rabbi Nishalom. It's a nace. Normally, this is like a hidden nace. You're allowed to daven for such a nace. The Lashen and the Marshaf, it happens through prayer. So there's the plan. There's the planning, the thinking out. And then there's the adjustment. And then there's the adjustment. I had a visual... I had a visual of how a Shabbos Sudesh should look. It was important to me. It was something that was very formulated on my mind. And I wanted a Shabbos table to look a certain way. And it was like very stark in my mind. Came along my children. And I happed that to have a from family, the table I wanted was, you wouldn't have a from family if you keep that table. 
So I have, you have to make adjustments. There has to be good conversations and the kids are talking together. So I, you should know, I thought I was like making the adjustments for my kids. The picture I had wasn't good for me and it was life changing. Being, adjusting to Hashem's plan was better for me. It was better for Ruchni, it's better in every which way. Much less forced, much less. So bringing Torah and Yiddishkeit into life and part of life, less separate from life. The Suda connects much more to life today. But if you're stuck, if you're stuck, there's nothing wrong with the plan. Avram Avinu also had plans. There's everything wrong with stuck in your plans that Hashem doesn't have a say. That there's no, I'll show you yet. Maybe I'll show you a different turn that was different than you thought. If you're so stuck in your plan, you're so locked in what you thought, how it's going to look and how it's going to be, then you're very distant from what Hashem said to Avram, I'll yet show you, I'll yet show you. Leave room. Leave room for something different. Leave room to head somewhere else. In the yeshiva, we have like a little snapshot that is, I find so relevant personally. I think it's relevant to Gullus. It's so relevant. It's funny that it comes out to this one bacher, but anybody watching it can have their own life-changing experience. I told you in the old days for many years, guys early in the year want to talk about the next step. What they're doing next year, 12th grade, or what am I doing next year? And I told the Chevy that we were always, right, Browns that are holding back the guys. Don't talk about it. We don't want, we want to be people of now. We don't want to talk about next year. It's not a good idea. Let's nail right now. Let's nail right now. And the natural, a 12th grader, he's, he's waiting many years, is to think about next year. And the thought that we obviously have is the guy at the beginning of 12th grade is going to be a very different guy than in six months. And the willingness to see there's a new person is going to emerge with new abilities and new capacities. So it looks like a very local 12th grade issue. If that doesn't resonate by every human being alive and have what to say to every human being, I think somebody's out to lunch. Not understanding that the guy of today is one guy, maybe in six months I'll evolve, and maybe the force and the pressure to do something different will cause me to evolve. But all of us can relate of locking in, of deciding, of being so convinced this is it, and not willing to say in six months, maybe a different place will be the place of my success. Maybe there's a different plan for my growth. How this do you know? Is, <laughs> ask, please. Oh, Rebbe, what, you know, from Shun every later, Rebbe talks about, as you have to ask you about, there's, it's hard to like, so he saw one thing was the right thing to do. Sometimes there's not a very clear path, a very clear plan that Shun has for you, and it could be he's, Showing you something else to do, or it could be your train is your your trap is being wrecked to heck, pardon, and you're supposed to fix it. I trust it's a very very good question. I know I'm very, you, but I but no, I'm, it's I'm, a very I'm, good I'm, question. That's a very strong question. I want to answer it. Translation, as in you're being annoying. No, not at all. Not at all. No, no. No, I want to answer it as he said. As he said, if we knew. If we knew, as he's saying, if we knew and knew 100% that's what the master wanted, so we'd be able to adjust. The hard part of this all is do we really know? That's a very good question. 
I want to say something that, that is a belief of mine. It's a belief in Shaduchim, and it's a belief in this. I am very, very into trusting your own gut. Very, very. I am not afraid to come after 120 and tell Hashem, this is what it felt like to me. I'm very, very into that. Very, very. I can't say it strongly enough, but I am saying that call out your fears, call out your biases, call out the way you thought it would look, and you will have a gut what's necessary to do now. I'm very into that. Very. That it, it, I'm, there are people that are, I find, people who trust the brain. I am into this is a hundred times better than the brain. Many guys have said to me, prove to me God, and deeper than intellect. Intellect is cool, and there's a place much higher than, than intellect, much. Intellect is, very, is, 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 is a certain amount. I think there's a place much deeper, smarter, more profound than intellect. Intellect is a brain with some chemicals going on up there. There's something much, much higher than intellect, and there's times you just know something. I know. Somebody could tell, prove it to me. I, I hear. What they're saying is, I'm a person who believes the intellect is the end game. I happen to think there's something higher than intellect. There's something higher than intellect. I think that's, that, that I call that a connection to Hashem. It's higher than intellect. And I think in people, I'm sorry? God. Every bone in your body. It's not up. You wouldn't point to here and your toes as much as here. It's, what are you saying, God? There's such a thing. There's God. such a thing that a human being knows something. That a human being knows. Much how you say, prove it, intellect. I went to a lecture from Shmordin. What? I know something. I know something. There's such a thing. There's such a thing. Now, what I just say with, with what Revezi is asking is that a person could sit back and get a sense, I hear what you want, Tasha, I hear what you're saying. If you're willing to do that, you will find yourself led. You'll find yourself led by like saying, I get what you're saying. I agree to Revezi so much at the point I can't know and I can't say I know what he wants from me, I get it. Then Revezi's right, then, 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 then he's completely accurate. You speak about following the path Hashem wants, but how do I know? And I think that a person could really know, could know and sense, and it's, and, and it's, not, it's a matter that he senses. He has a certain child, and he says the mission has changed. But he's open to accept. He's been showed something new. Now, Chaim and I were recently talking about something, you know, a person and his mission and a person being out of touch. He's not listening. He's not, he's not in touch with... If a guy's wife, all of us, any, any person has seen people who've changed directions because of a wife's needs. He's alive. He sees Hashem Her life depends on you. And you see he's in touch and his life shifted. His wife's needs, his children's needs, his shachin's needs, and that directed and shifted his life because he sent somebody's needs and it shifted his life. I'm gonna say that there's, there's, there's like two types, there's two types of idealism. I have seen people forcing, trying to do big things. Like they also wanna be important, they also wanna count. And from a very forced play, the place, they have to like find something that makes them matter. So if they support 
all the people in their community who limp. So they found something, see? I, I, have, I have my card of membership, you see? I, there's a much deeper thing that you've been led someplace. You've been brought someplace, experiences of your life. Here's a person as a certain, he, I know a person, I know a person who has a special needs kid. And it literally directed and changed his life. He heard a calling. He embraced something. And then, of course, it affected the tzedakas he gives. And then, of course, that's somebody who's like, there's a gut, there's a sense that Hashem is calling me to something. Could he prove it? Could he say, I don't think he has to. I don't think he's very misopic. He's just awake. He's just very awake. I, I know somebody who has a child struggling in certain ways and it redirected his whole life. His whole inner, it redirected from his child's struggles. He, he was, he's alive and feeling and sensing and thinking and asking. He's looking for further direction from Hashem because Hashem said, I'm yet gonna show you. I pictured, does Hashem, you know, you say, Hashem, you said you're gonna show me, I'm waiting. I'm going to tell you a joke that's not very funny, but I'm asking the guys to please laugh. But I'm going to tell you an unfunny. It's what I have four jokes that I use. All four jokes are very important to me. So to be honest, I don't care if you laugh. The joke's important to me. So I have a very important, unfunny joke. And it's important to me because I, I relate to the joke in different settings. The joke like means a lot to me. And in this setting of the guy like waiting for Hashem to like give further instruction, that's where like one of the places that this joke like comes out, a guy lives, he's downstairs, he has neighbors upstairs. He has a, so you have this single pad, this dira downstairs, and you have a dira upstairs. In the upstairs dira, there's one fella's mamish a party animal. He goes to, downstairs is this misudder, his, this guy lives, his name is Ruven Yoyna, the guy downstairs. He goes to sleep, to, not, no similarities to life. He goes to sleep, 10.30, he's up bright and early in the morning. He might even be a Balkaira that lanes beautifully. He might even be brilliant and a Talmud Chacham, a Chashem guy. Ruven Yoyna, this fellow lives downstairs. Upstairs is a guy, I'm not going to say his name. And, <laughs> say it. Upstairs is a guy who goes to sleep two, three, four, five in the morning. Depends on the night. He's a guy, he's the main member of the shtibble. He's Pasha the guy. Who, he's that kind. I saw somebody this morning at like five to ten check out the shtibble and it was empty. He like mixed up, a 10 o'clock minion doesn't start 10. If it starts 10, the 10 o'clock minion, then it's a 7 o'clock minion. <laughs> Any good 10 o'clock minion doesn't start at 10. There's a, there's a 10 o'clock minion. You have to, a guy looked at 5 to 10. He expected 13 guys in Tefillin like saying Karbanis before. Okay. <laughs> He's a 7 o'clock guy. What can I tell you? The Kitzur Advarim is... The Kitzur Advarim is, is that the upstairs Shtibel guy always gets back late. Now it's quite the challenge for the downstairs guy because when the upstairs guy comes back late, he makes a lot of noise. And the downstairs guy gets frequently wake, woken and it's not so easy for him. So comes that night, the upstairs guy, three in the morning comes in and he just lost a tough basketball game and he takes his sneaker and he fires it into the wall full speed. He makes a pow, like a big crash. And of course, the guy downstairs wakes up with a start. He's like, oh, 
Oh, he's woken up again. This is like not the first time that week. And it's three in the morning and he's woken up. He finally has had it. And he lets out and the upstairs guy, he calls up. Rev upstairs, Mr. Stiebelgoer, I've had it, you idiot, you wake me up every night. I can't sleep, they're expecting me to lay in at the Vasikin Minion, I push it. I'm getting up in like 15 minutes, you know, this is ridiculous, you always wake, and he gives it to the upstairs guy. Mamish, a life-changing schmuz. Push it. He becomes like the mashkiach, hadar, tzokim, chazal, curse words, everything's going. It's all. He doesn't hold back, and he mamish says a shmuz straight, straight from the mashkiach's mouth, gewaldu. The upstairs guy feels it, like hits home. He's taka right, he feels terrible. So on his, it's this way too long for a bad joke, but it's fine. So he finally takes his second shoe. He's red, he's embarrassed, he's feeling, he takes his second shoe and he, like in the most quiet way in his life, his first shoe, he's not gonna find both in the morning. The first shoe has been fired, broke something, he doesn't know, it fell out the window, he doesn't know where it is, in the morning he'll pay for that. That's why he's usually late to the Stiebel Minion. His second shoe, he puts down, he never put his shoe down, well he's the Chabal Tshuva. And his second shoe, he puts down, amazingly quiet. Then he mamish, he'd never showered more quiet. The water was on trickle. He shouldn't wake up the guy down. He's about Shuvadah. Mamish, quiet. Amazing. Gets into bed like he mamish goes into as such an idol. He's a, he became like a Vasikan guy. He gets into bed so idol and he tucks himself in. He's so proud of himself. He normally would turn on a radio loudly, music, everything he did, mamish like the downstairs guy. And he goes to sleep. An hour later, he hears a shriek from downstairs, equal to the first shriek. You idiot! Could you put your second shoe down already? That's what he hears. It's the end of the joke. Laugh, okay? That's what he hears. The guy was waiting downstairs. He's waiting for another shoe. Put it down already. The kitzer is that many of us... Okay, I, I am giving a lot of fodder to tonight's plays. But anyway, the bottom... <laughs> we're a good crowd. We're still waking up. The bottom line is, is that we're waiting for Hashem to tell me. I'm waiting. So no, so no. Tell me. Like Revezi is, so tell me already. I think an honest person should trust his gut and should sense in his own life and through his own responsibilities and through his own journeys, the stories of his life, it, it, it becomes clear to people that are willing to be told new direction. If you're locked in, th- this guy came to, Rifarkas, I believe was there, we were youngsters, and you hear a guy like he has a kid he can't relate to, tell somebody Rifarkas, you have a kid, tell Rifarkas, you have a kid you can't relate to, you on, <sighs> of course, of course. Of course, what, what world are you living in? To say it's not an Isaiah, that that's life. You, see, you just said you're alive, you're not a dead person. You're not so locked in, you're willing to be told. The problem wasn't that Hashem didn't, I'm waiting, could you drop the other shoe, could you tell me the next step? I've told you repeatedly, you were unwilling to hear another step. Clearly from the direction, Clearly from this child, from that child, you, I, I, it couldn't be said more clear. 
I don't think after 120, the problem is, we said, Hashem, I just, you wanted that from me. I, I really, this is Hashem where Harsinai spoke to us, Anoichi Hashem, who spoke, things are very clear. This is Hashem who handed us a Torah. He's clearly quite clear. And I believe in our own lives, things become quite clear. And the only question is, is there somebody listening to the message? You can give the message and the guy says, I don't hear, I don't hear. Okay. okay. So you don't hear. I believe it is clear. I, I think it's clear. I think people should trust their guts as they go through life and see needs that emerge. I have a, I have a specific, I, I, I compliment it. I'm not getting a psh out of him. I want you to visualize. I don't, I'm not just saying it's a guy who's going, yay, Menachem, shout out. The things we highlight in our Chabura, I don't look at it. There's not like a cheap place trying to get like a quick cheer, okay? So he's great. Somebody came like, you get a shout out. They're, we're part of a group and a family. We highlight things and get excited because there's so much depth and how to learn about the rest of our lives. I spoke when Naftali Fagan left, there was a void in Yeshiva, a serious void. There was a hole in Yeshiva because he made tournaments crazy fun and we need them. Anybody knows we need them. And he left. When he came to a tournament, they were like magical. It was a different tournament. And it was so good, the amount of guys that gave a chayus and interacted and pulled out of the dorms. You came to an Aftali Fagan tournament that was like wild. He was carrying on and making hack and his own team, he would make his team, would he'd gather them and ignite them. So it made the other team want to beat his team, made the other two teams excited to play his team. He made it, it raised the bar to be a morgishmak. He gets married and leaves. And every single guy knew there was a void. And one guy said, I could do something. The rest of the time, every tournament, Menachem Brom was there, everyone, but like involved in a way, he, he just said, there's a need here. I, I appreciate that. So a guy is listening. He's like looking around. Hey, there's a whole, that's not a guy saying, how can I make my, it's not a guy thinking selfishly, finding his idealism. To, he looked around and saw something. He saw a vacuum and filled it. He saw a need and he grabbed it because it was there, because it was needed, it was necessary. And he grabbed it. I was very moved by that type of idealism. I'm very moved by somebody who's like listening and he had a schedule, he had things to do, he had, he had his things, but he wasn't so stuck. He saw something that everybody else noticed also, frankly. There was a void, somebody left, what's gonna be? So by the way, the thought of a lot of people was to shrug and say, okay, you're not hiring a new Naftali with six weeks left to the year. There were five, six weeks, so the consensus was to shrug. Say, okay, six weeks and we'll reboot for next year and we'll find somebody who will bring his own. But one guy wasn't willing to say we'll reboot for next year. He wasn't willing to do that. He said there's a need and he filled it. He filled the void. That's very, that's very healthy, that's very successful, that's very relevant to your life and mine too. That's not a shout out yet. There's something that it's talking, it's saying, and we have, we're zeichet, have a society and a culture and a, and a sviva that we could study and we could celebrate one guy and say, hey, I noticed something, what it means to be part of a community, what it means to be part of a group, what it means to be part of a family, and I could step in and fill voids and be something and find something because I see there's a need here. 
and fill it and fill a vacuum and fill a void. That's, that's a precious lesson. So I think if we're willing, if we're willing to step out, everybody knows the Ramban. This is like what we're talking is Malay in the Torah. The Ramban in Parshish Pekudeh. Where the Ramban describes that there were kalim to build in the desert, that no yid was properly trained to build these kalim. It's intricate kalim, and it's a problem. It's just as nobody. People said, People stepped forward. There's a need, so I, I got it. They didn't say, I'm not built for that. It's not my type. I don't have the training. There's a void. They stepped in there. They said that something needs to be done. We always love outsourcing. Let somebody else figure it out. Healthy, successful living is to hear that Hashem is saying something. I need Caleb. If you're the one who noticed it and it was important to you, that's trusting I know, not, I, not much deeper than intellect. I know. I sensed void. Nobody else around me sensed. So do something about it. So do. You sensed it. You saw it. You know it. So now stand in there. And, no. Stand in there and take care of the matter. They found in their teba, they knew how to do it. This, this listening and seeing what's necessary, evolving the willingness to evolve. People ask any person who's over 40 and living their life, people will ask you in your life, like, did you choose that? Did you, was this your plan when you were a youngster? You thought of this, of wanting to do it? The answer is 100% not. You're led places. You're led. If you're, willing, if you're willing to hear, to notice, to see, so then you're led places. You could have all the plans and plan out. I was talking before about running a Seder and planning a Seder. The art of planning a Seder is for weeks praying and planning and then adjusting to the Seder that's happening. It never will be exact, never or rarely will be, and doesn't mean you shouldn't plan, you come in with a plan. But yet, learning to adjust. Again, my warped sports mind, the great coaches work very hard on laying a game plan for the Sunday football game. They work hours and hours and hours. And then the greats at halftime make adjustment. The game on the ground, I didn't expect our left guard, his, his knee is not working so well. And we're going to have to adjust. He keeps being beat. By there, they, they, they threw a wrinkle, the defense. And not everything's, the stubborn, bad ones don't adjust and lose. The greats make halftime adjustments. And the greats are willing to say, I planned for a certain Seder. Hey, but my wife's more tired than I thought. One of my kids is more fetchy. If you're just stubborn, ignore, you don't listen. I'll yet show you where I want you to go. I know you have a plan, that's good, that's wonderful, a healthy Ebed does plan, but I also get to say, Hashem says, in what I want from you. And so if this Seder, this child is fetchy, if this Seder, there seems to be a different need, some child even is just a good more humor than you thought. They're a little down, it's a little heavy, and you could sense that. So then the person who's paying attention, who's not so self-absorbed in his initial plan, is not so full of service of himself, but service of Hashem, of asking, he's alive to a situation, so he makes an adjustment. He had three weeks of planning, and he says, but I see it's different than I thought, and he makes an adjustment. The land I will yet show you. So I wanna say to us all, I wanna say to us all, 
the formation of our people. It's interesting. We've spent thousands of years in Golos, and we might say, like, what can prepare us for thousands of years of Golos? Golos is a metzias of everything we described this morning. Travel, and I'll tell you where. And the truth is, the formation of our people was mamish in the middle of this. The cloud went, we traveled, the cloud stopped, we stopped. Al Hashem Yachnu, Al Hashem Yiso. And it was a mitzvah, so I'll yet show you. You'll see and where it stopped, when it stopped, how much it stopped. It almost seemed random to us. And like we discussed, each place Hashem was bringing, like Rabbi Farkas taught us, like Maishi Kalish spoke about each place that we went to was, was impacting us and changing us. If we're willing, if we're willing to adjust and change and ask, what does this situation demand and want from us? I say to many guys going to Eretz Yisrael for the first time, you're going to make serious adjustments. Those will help and develop your life. You're, it's going to be different. You'll say, this is so different, I'm not using it. It's true, it's true. And now good all the plans in the world and then adjust. A guy going from one year to the next year, a guy going in yeshiva, it's always the first couple of months you could see 12th graders staggered, they're waiting for the older guy to put their arm around. Till the guy chaps, he's the older guy. It's very funny to watch. He waits like two, three months, then it hits the guy. He's like, it's not the same. It's not the, he's missing. Where's, where in the world's Chaim Lowy? Where's Zelig Lieberman? He like, a guy will wait for Zelig Lieberman to put his arm around his shoulders like three months. I could tell him all day things you have to experience. He literally, you could watch it. The young guy's waiting for the older guy. And the older guy is in Imre. And all of a sudden, he's the younger guy waiting. <laughs> he, he's not putting his arm. He needs somebody else to put his arm right. And Baruch Hashem, Shlomo Gorin finds him. And he, this guy finds that he has to give to somebody else. Things change. Kufus in our life change. Our roles change. What's expected, what, what could be brought out of us change. I was planning with one Bachar is coming here. And we were talking about becoming the older guy in the yeshiva. I'm very into take on what, don't, it shouldn't be by accident you're an older guy, you know, and you're almost like, like oblivious to it, but you're, you're sort of like you're reluctant, why are you reluctantly, if you're the older guy in yeshiva, so nail it, understand what the yeshiva lets you do, you don't want to take over in ways other people won't like, but understand the older guy, that's a job, that's a role, that's a place, nail it, don't be accidental about it. Even think your year. I'm the older guy. I'm the vet in the yeshiva. Nail that role. It'll, be, it'll bring tremendous things out of you. Tremendous growth. Will be, because there's situations and situations call for things. If you're listening, if you're like completely oblivious, how sad is it a guy's an older guy in the yeshiva, the whole yeshiva needs him for something and he's oblivious. And then, that, and then you'll ask, I don't get it. You know, he's waiting. Hashem, tell me my mission. Okay, so you're oblivious. We learned to Gemara Sukkah that a rich person has a, has, a, has a platform. And if he doesn't encourage people from his platform, he loses his nechassim. We like, the guy is rich, we like almost, a guy's a good athlete. And we like mock, he's popular. Do you have, Hashem runs the world? And he made somebody a good athlete, so he becomes the big guy in camp. So he becomes the big guy in his yeshiva. And he's expected to nail that role, to say, hey, I noticed a guy's good looking. That gives a certain role. You're not supposed to be like apologetic or out of touch or in your own 
there's, there's a role, there's a position, there's a situation. The healthy person who's listening for direction from Hashem nails it. It becomes part of his situation, becomes part of his direction. Hashem clearly is telling me something and leading me somewhere. El Eretz Hashem Look at the situation. Study it. Study your sugi. Ask what it demands from you. Reb Nassim Finkel once complained. Guys thought he was being funny. He was giving the shmuz. He once complained that guys always are coming to him for years complaining about their chavrusas. He said, for years, I'm a Rosh Hashiva, and I've heard years of people complaining. He wasn't joking or being funny. He said, it's crazy that not more people are coming to me. Rebbe, I have this and this chavrusa. How do I work better with him? What can I make adjustments that he should understand it better? He bemoaned. He bemoaned, he wasn't Joe, he was just people, the self-absorption, not saying, this is Yechav Rusa, so this is him, so then ask, how could I be a better, you'll be life-changing, be life-changing, you become a better man. Instead, he's dropping people, he's dumb, because he's looking, instead of Hashem was, ta- Hashem was taking you somewhere. This is the matzah, this is the chavrusa. Go find out what it takes that you have a productive seder with him. You might be careful. You might become a changed man. And it might not be what you thought and pictured, and, but, but you might become a changed man. If you actually say, how can I make this work? And actually, like, get some eitzah and hadracha, because how do I make this work? It might change your life, by the way. You just might say, Hashem, wow. You sent me... And, yeah, but if you, if you don't want, you have your picture and you, you don't adjust for nothing. So then you could be the oldest guy in the yeshiva, you don't adjust for nothing. Okay, so you don't listen to any. You know, there's no, and you say, Hashem, give me my direction. I gave it to you. Any thinking person would see that you're the oldest guy in the yeshiva. You're the this, you're the that. You would see something that, that it gave a role. Now nail the role and, and embrace that role that's clearly there for you. There's a need that you recognize. You're in a yeshiva and you sense so then if you recognize Sanu, there's a role. Fill it. What are we preparing, Rabbi Thaler? Uh, are we preparing, we're preparing the, the second on the first page. Let's do it fast, Rabbi. 10, 12 minutes. We're condensing today. Lunch is obviously 120. And let's, let, let's, get, let's get busy, Hevra. Let's prepare, and then we'll have lunch. We're obviously not doing that without a song. That's obvious. Yeah, that's so true. let's sing a song, Hevra. One second, one second. You're all thinking that I'm going to do... They, but they're all thinking that oh, I'm they want to say right, 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 I'm not going to do it. I want to throw a curveball. I love that to say Session this Yeah, I'm 
I want to sing again, I want to approach, it's, it's a national day of mourning, but it is also an Ar Chabura Yoni Weisberg's yard site. And I'm remembering one time being in the, in the NERC, in that park in Waterbury, and I was there with, with Danny Weisberg and Yoni. And it's the only time Danny was a very closed person. They're both... They're both buried right next to each other. Those two holy brothers are buried right next to each other. And it's the only time that I ever heard Danny be open. And he was crying on his brother's shoulders, on Yoni's shoulders in the nurk, outside in the park after a tournament that ended. He stayed around. And it was the three of us. And he was crying on Yoni's shoulders, describing the tremendous pains all the difficulty, the tremendous, tremendous Yisurim that he had been through. And he was hoping and wishing and assuming for good times, for better. And his brother was comforting him of the good times to come. That's, that's the thought and the picture to me of the Yidin Galus. On this, on these thoughts, on this picture of the Yid who's craving Hashem, and the Yid who's coping and surviving and managing for this, for pictures like that, for the Golos Yid, for this our hearts worry. On people like this, on situations, it darkens our eyes.
all remember it's a very near memory and we all have it vividly on our minds each one his own version of it we remember a couple of years ago Purim time right after Purim when COVID came to the world when the Rabbani Shalom sent COVID to the world and to our chagrin our yeshivas were shut down the places the place that we 
enjoy and appreciate so much, a place where we're yainik, so much chaos, so much energy, so much passion, so much love, and it was shut down. We're all homebound. And then the world discovered this phenomenon. Most of us, at least many of us, had never heard of it at the time. When we rewind and we review the events, most of us had never heard the word Zoom. Zoom meant to drive fast. We had never heard the word Zoom in our life, this, this technology that each of us from our own homes we can bond, we can connect. And Bechesed Hashem, we found Zoom, and we bonded, we connected in a very, very deep and incredible way. It was electric. We learned together, sang together, had talent shows together. We bonded in a magical, magical way. And it was wonderful. It was important. It accessed a tire of the yeshiva. It accessed the beauty of a ben tire of a fighting ben tire, a sincere person to the wider masses. There are hundreds and hundreds, probably more thousands. It's a holy day. We have to be careful with our words. It's probably not an exaggeration to say thousands of people that are closer to Hashem for our Zoom experience, for the fact that the Guri brothers sang together, that Matt, Matt sang and spoke, that Bachram shared, that Bachram laughed and smiled and sat on each other's screen for two hours or more a day. And there are thousands of people that are closer to Hashem for it. And while it went on, it was magic. It was dazzling. It was an experience the likes of which we never had in our lives. It was just incredible to band despite odds, despite distance, despite difficulty in the midst of a world that seemed to turn upside down. The world, life was good. Life was powerful. We all heard whispers of people describing like boring classes and tricks not to be on your Zoom screens and all different ways like to get off and the, the misery of school on Zoom. And we all chuckled. To us, Zoom was magic. It was delightful. It was energizing. It was powerful. Did you ever try to do Zoom right now? Did you ever say, we're all sitting in person. I have a brilliant idea. What are we gathered here? Rev. spends, our parents spend the fortune. Rev. this summer we could have Zoomed together for three weeks. It's misery to think about. It's miserable. It's miserable. I had like an Einfall. Now we have Zoom. It's like a I want to band with the parents more. I remember I had a Zoom the year after with the parents. I was excited. I never in my life spoke worse in my life. I was staring at a dead screen. I don't know what I said. They recently fired a news, a news lady. She came on drunk. I have no idea what I said to the parents. I might have quoted the New Testament. I don't know. I don't know what I did with them. I, I have no idea. 
It's lucky I don't know the New Testament. I don't know what I said to them. It was miserable. It was miserable. Because we're capable of being together because we're capable of more. So it was miserable. Gullus has a beauty. Gullus has a beauty. We see beauty. And our smiles all year round as a beauty because it's what we have. Because it's what we have. And Zoom is delightful and magical because it's special. Because we bond in meaningful ways. But I have to say that when people came on Zoom, they sensed this couldn't be created here. It couldn't be that this is all there is. There's more. There's more. And the reason it was so magical is because there once was more and there once will be more. You can't stay on Zoom. It's magical while you have it. But it's magical. And people who joined sensed. They liked it. But they sensed where there was a smile on a screen that was once a hug. Where there was a song that came through, come, come, we like, were able to still hear the beautiful singers. We were able to hear Yosef Casper's beautiful music. But people sensed, they sensed, there's something more, there's something more, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful experience. We even understand the need for that experience changed families. We were able to bring things from yeshiva home. We got a us. we've impacted the world, we get it, we get it. And there's even a beauty amidst this clarity, amidst this function, amidst all different difficulty, amidst the, the yin suffering and struggling and breakdown of the family, the community, everything that's normal. We know there's a beauty and the yin sings and it comes out and it goes and we enjoy it. It's so nice. We can even be excited and look forward and be energized and passionate by it. But we're not so foolish to say this is it. We yearned and we craved to be back together, to hug, to embrace, to enjoy. We yearned for something more. We sensed there was something more and we enjoyed it and appreciated it and it was absolutely wonderful but we yearn for something more. I remember the yeshiva shut down. We're hazarding some galluses. We had a personal gallus in Durham. We were shut down. It's hard to say the government, fear about the government for two months. For two months, we didn't have yeshiva. Again, if the theme is Aryeh bailing us out, welcome to Ordeh. Again, Aryeh, other people arranged. Zisha Lipschitz Shlita was a big part of arranging. And Rav Louis Shiner, tremendous generosity. And they hosted us in the tents in Louis Shiner's shul, amazing. They hosted a yeshiva. It was the most bizarre existence you can imagine. Our families, the Rebbeim went, we didn't have all the Rebbeim. It didn't work for all the Rebbeim to leave their mishpachas. And something we're so reluctant. We'd come together with our families. We like moved in. It was bizarre. We lived in the tents all day. Now the yeshiva has incredible things for a bacher to succeed. 
the dorm is right near. He can go to the base medrash for five minutes. He can go to his Rebbe Shir for ten, for nine minutes, for six minutes and experience bliss. Then go back to the dorm and feel the love from the dorm counselor. It's built perfectly for a guy. He has his Rebbe in there. Dorm counselors, Cheyus. In Munsi, it was crazy. If you went there, so you couldn't go back home. If you went back home, you couldn't get back. So you had guys like sitting in the back. You went to Shear, you were stuck in Shear for the day. It was very, very complicated. Very, very, it was beautiful and complicated. And we, again, we remember it fondly. We did nice trips. And we did everything we could in those tents. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. I remember the songs we sang in the tents. I, can, I literally sometimes can close my eyes and hear the rustling of the tent. I could see Chaim singing. I could see Rev Ezi heroically was learning there. Srili, Srili was learning there. Yoimam Alayla, Srili was Srili Kader. Heroically sat there all day learning. We made something beautiful. People came, and again, I understand, for that one Hasidish boy who his father wheeled him in on a wheelchair and he never would have gone to Durham, maybe the whole thing was that Hasidish boy who was in his wheelchair and loved hearing us sing, and his father loved hearing the shiurim. Maybe that's why we were there. I don't know. It was wild. The middle of shiurim, davenings, they were davening shachris, mincha. In the middle of the afternoon, shiur, mincha, shachris broke out. It, was, it, it wasn't our place. We were guests. We did as best as we can. All different things going on. It, it, it was filled. Right, Browns, we were trying to maintain, we were trying to keep... Right, Brownstein was upset. Some, he, we, he was working as Keshkos, Mesir Snevish Mamish. Mesir Snevish's family was there. We wanted to keep it neat. Somebody was smoking some. It wasn't cigarettes in the base, like you say. Right, Brownstein's knocking on the door. Come out, come out. We, it's Arachrayas that it shouldn't smell. It shouldn't. He's banging on the door. The Bacher wasn't listening. It was a 60-year-old Chassidish man came out. It was complicated. We were trying our best. We were trying. It was, cam- don't laugh on Tishma. It was complicated to laugh. It was complicated. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. It's what we had. It's what we had. It's what we had. That's what we had, and it was wonderful. But there was a choka for the real deal. There was a choka for more. It was a wonderful situation that was magical, I feel and an important memory of our life, but we had a chukah that I'll never forget the day we came back. The Sifrei Torah, the day we came back, the glory of the place where we had it more, everything but more, the glory of coming back home. Rev. today enacted, Chaim Yehuda Gedalia enacted, a 10th grade visual of the yeshiva. It's a wonderful visual. It's a wonderful visual. I told the guys that a bacher once said that you seem to speak honestly, Kalish. You see, I haven't heard you be a big liar. And yet there's one thing you say that's a ligand. You're a liar on one thing. You speak about the magnificent Shabbos. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm in the yeshiva two years. I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about, Shabbos? You're a liar. You talk about our great Shabbos and Yeshiva. I don't know what you're talking about. 
Now mind you in Yeshiva, let's describe what goes on and what he sees. What goes on Friday night, the Olam schmoozing before Kabbalah Shabbos is, you can't, it's worth more than all the money in the world, friendship, camaraderie, the visitors, the Bachram who've plugged in, the people who've come, the love in that room. Before, he's not there, then he's in his dorm room. Then a davening, a beautiful davening, dancing, singing, beautiful, he's in his dorm room. I try before Kabbalah Shabbos, I try to say before Meirah, between Kabbalah Shabbos, to share the very Torah that are, that, are, that, are, that are valuable, things I've heard from Meirah that I want to share with the Chevra. And we study Torah together, and then we dive in Meirah. Then we come to the Suda, the first part of the Suda is just love. He's there for that, he's eating, he's eating garnish with garnish, just love. There's love, schmoozing, rash, it's loud, it's tumultuous, it's delightful. Then this Bakr goes back to his dorm to do who knows what. And the Chevra comes close and we sing beautiful smears. We share divrei Torah, it's electric. Then the sushi, Einik Shabbos, the Bakr's back. Sushi and love, wonderful. Then he leaves and then again divrei Torah, smears. Shabbos morning, a beautiful davening. A kiddush, beautiful divrei Torah. Beautiful Eon Seder after the Kiddush, before the Sodom. That he, he doesn't know about it, he never tasted it, doesn't know it exists. It's not where he's holding by tasting that. He has a bad feeling to Torah, to feel he's not ready to taste that to light. So he comes for the Shabbos Sodom, and he eats Kishmak, then he leaves. Then after he leaves, Smiras, Divrei Torah. A shalashudis that's magical, electric, Rai Shapiro's He doesn't know Rai Shapiro or his Divraitaira. He's not dazzled by brilliant, life-changing words weekly that we look at each other. Chaim and I look at each other. We're like, Maisha and I look at each other. Are you kidding me? Life-changing. But I want to say something. That I've seen that Bachar, that Bachar, and today that Bachar has the whole Shabbos. But even before he has it, when he eats his kogel, he's eating the kogel from a Shabbos that has all that. He doesn't know about it, but he knows there was something different about the potato kogel. He comes for a bowl of soup Friday night. He has no idea of the zmiras, the divrei taira, the div- nothing, no shaykhas. But it's a different bowl of soup. He's eating bowl of soup in a room where that happened, where those things happened, and the bowl of soup's different. Who'll yet yearn and will yet ask, what makes this? What's behind this? Where's the Torah that creates this? Who'll yet look for it? There's more to this. Something made this. Something created it. And brilliantly, today they depicted the 10th grader just experiencing the very onset of somebody who was there and is warm and he feels something. And the intelligent person asks, where does this come from? Allow me to share a third visual. I apologize if I'm rambling. Allow me to share with another visual. The Western world has lost its way what marriage is, what relationship is. I've said the story, I don't want to say it in detail, it's too gishmak. 
But my cousins, my Hilga cousins, she, they're amazing people. And he is blind and she has polio. She doesn't have very good use of her body. And they went to a circus together with their two children that doctors said they couldn't possibly have. She had emunah, she had faith. She said, my name's Chava. Aim kol I'll have children. And they had two children. And they had a special box at the circus. They had a special box that was given to them. We live in a country of kindness. They gave them a special box. And one box over was this fancy, glamorous couple. He was of one nationality, she was of a different nationality, and they were functioning with tremendous closeness. They had all the appearances, they were very physical together, pardon me. And to them it looked like what a lovey-dovey couple, what a special couple. That's the Western world signified the great closeness that appeared. Only nine months later, he murdered her in cold blood, and her kid for that matter. Nine months later, this man who was acting very lovey-dovey murdered the lady. And the Western world, the externals, but it's minus the Kesher, the deep relationship. In the world of Tyre, in the world of Ruchnius, any thinking person knows the couple who are profoundly close, who have a deep Kesher, they're at a Simcha, which is very separate. You separate men and ladies, very separate. But to die for the view, the husband and wife, their eyes catch each other and they just, there's a barely perceptible nod. Any intelligent person knows the intense ava, the great love, the amazing relationship, the Western world's craving is dying for what that couple has. They look at each other and they nod. It's slight, it's very, very slight. They just lock eyes. That look, that precious look that contains, that comes from so much Kesher, care, concern, respect, experiences. <clears throat> to anybody, the nod is precious. We want the whole relationship. We study in the Torah Yosef's flowers. That Yosef HaTzadik, when he was kidnapped, there was sweet-smelling spices. That's the story of Gullus. That God all the time winks at us. We have that with Hashem. We have it and it's priceless, it's precious. But we want that which causes that to be precious, which is there, which is there and gettable. We want the whole relationship. We have it, we have moments, so many. We love your Torah, Hashem. And so many times when we learn, we feel so much. We love your Shabbos, and so many times we feel so much. We want the whole thing. We want the full experience for us, for all our families, for all of Klal Yisrael, for all times. And we even get the beauty why we're on Zoom Sunday. We get it. We get it in access to people who don't always have it. It showed off something. It was important. But we want that which causes Zoom to be beautiful. We want that which causes the eye, the look, but the, the closeness and the care of it that makes that so precious. 
We love the soup with all the love surrounding the soup, but we want that, which causes that to be precious. We want the whole thing. And we set Teshubav on the floor, not denying that which we said yesterday is precious is. That which we celebrated, Zoom is wonderful. It's wonderful, it's magical, it's unbelievable. It's remarkable, it's delightful. We're thankful, the same yesterday we were thankful, Hashem. We're still thankful. But we still know there's more and it's beautiful because there's more. The backdrop of Golos, as was discussed this Shabbos, is the Kruvim we're hugging. The backdrop and anything is in that context, all the experiences of the suffering Yid, of the difficult wandering, the Yiddish Mishpacha that's under so much duress. We're not a fixed people. A minute ago, our nation was slaughtered, a minute ago. In history, it was bubkis. You told, we all lived, I lived with my, grew up with my grandmother who lost her whole family, was murdered four minutes ago. We're a wandering nation who's been pushed around, of course. People say their families aren't healthy. It's Hitler, it's Gullus, of course. Of course, how would your father be normal? His grand, you didn't have a grandfather, how would your mother be normal? Of course, there's emotional, social struggles. Of course, there are deep, profound challenges. That we're, there's no nation in the history of the world that endured what we endured, none. And there's nobody who would look anything like our people, there's none. You won't find it and can't find it because it doesn't exist. We're remarkable people. We're remarkable people with challenges and difficulties and we know how beautiful it is. And we know Hashem sees the beauty and we see the beauty, we know it's beautiful. But we're still gonna cry once a year. And we know it's up to Hashem how long He wants this beauty. We're gonna be on Zoom as long as He wants us and we're gonna make it awesome. They'll figure out the gurus. They'll make it sound as good as possible. They'll figure, and if it doesn't sound good, we'll sing that way. We're going to sing and make it good. We will. We will. I promise we will. But nonetheless, we're on the floor because we're aware that there's more shaykh. Because we know there's more shaykh. We're not going to live in denial. And we know it's beautiful. We don't know all the cheshbainas. We don't know. It's so, it's so hard. Like... See, peace, Yeshua, this is also good. We know even how good it does good things. It's confusing for us. But we're just human. We're just human. And we know that Shaykh more. We taste it from time to time. And we're just aware in tasting it and experiencing it in our own lives that we're allowed to want more of it. And Kozman, this is what we have. We're going to do the maximum and grab the maximum. But it just has to be that if we're in a matzah that we sense. It can't be on Zoom that you're wrong to say, can we just get together again? It can't be, you're silly to just shrug. You stop being human. Cheshbainas, but, but I don't get it. Maybe this is better. I, I don't live life that way. If, I, if we need somebody, Raizon's wife's sick, I don't say. But maybe Hashem knows better. I'm crying because I'm allowed because I'm human. And if I ever, and that's Hashem wants me. You made me human, you want me to be human. I'm going to scream because that's what you want me to do. And Oibazai, we're aware is there a beauty to Gullus, there a beauty to Zoom, no question. But I experience more, I know there's more. I know there's something more. And there's one day a year 
There's times during the year, there's one day a year, I'm going to focus heavily till Chatzais tomorrow on that which is not, on that which is so chaser, is so ugly and not pretty. It's not kishmak to always be on Zoom. Let's be honest for a few minutes. We want in person, we want the whole deal. We want to base Amigdash that there you feel, there you experience. We want Klal Yisrael whole. We want our people whole. Together and whole and built and constructed. And we want it whole. We know what it looks like. We've tasted it in small sample sizes. We've had it in our life. We have three weeks of such a thing. So we know what it is. So I'm allowed to want it. We want to bottle up. Sulam shouldn't be an aberration. Shouldn't be a chap. They're like a trick. You have a period where people are respecting and loving and there's a bubble of beauty. That's not supposed to be an aberration. We know that it exists and we know it can be and we have a yearning for it. For us, for our whole families, for those that came and those that couldn't come. For those that wouldn't come, for those that wouldn't understand, we want it for them too. And today is a day that we're thinking about that which we're lacking. We'll go back and we'll have other times of celebrating what we have. But today we're telling to as human beings, as normal human beings, for the lack, for the tsar, for the difficulty, for the Yidu's craving. I remember those years. I remember specifically, I'm thinking about Yoni and Dani. I'm thinking about those two precious souls and how badly I wanted access for them. To access for them a clarity that, that we don't have mikdash, so we can't access for ourselves and our brothers always. We have like chidushim. We have a chidush hazah that people shouldn't be rejected and neglected. A chidush. Chidush. That's golos. That, that's a chidush. That's golos. That's nonsense. That's obscene and absurd. That's golos. We don't want golos. We don't want that it's a chidush. We've tasted a world. We've tasted a time when a person can be invited and accepted and wanted. Sammy spoke gorgeous today. Sammy described the Chiddushtach. Boine Yerushalayim Hashem, the construction of Yerushalayim, is Nidcha Yisrael Yechanes. Here a Yid is wanted. Here a Yid is needed. Here a Yid is irreplaceable. That's Yerushalayim. Here a Yid counts. Here a Yid celebrated. That's Gaula. We're not willing to say it's like, like we experience a Chiddush. There's a world of Yerushalayim that Nidcha Yisrael Yechanes, that every kid is wanted, is celebrated, is necessary, is, is avoid is of deep importance. Every carbon counts. Our Mikdash was a place where sinners were fl- flocking. There wasn't a separate place for people who sinned. They didn't have like, for the tzaddikim come here and the bad guys. There should be like a waterberry. You have the base Hamigdash. There's a waterberry. The bed, some guys, if you have problems, go there. The base Hamigdash was all human. We're all human beings. All of us flawed. You didn't have people who pretend to be whole and people broke. There was one base Hamigdash 
that there a yid was wanted. There a yid came and was embraced and hugged. Bring your carbon, correct, fix, develop, move forward. There's a place called Mikdash. It's not an aberration. That's a matzav of gula. Every person is welcome and wanted and senses it and feels it. That's a matzav of mikdash. For that chesaron, for that lacking, a world void. We're sitting, there's darkness here because there's darkness in the world. And we're sitting b'machashakim in a little darkness, sitting on the floor. Because there's something that we crave. Because there's something that we know there's chesaron, there's something lacking. And today we're, sh- we're shtelling tzu, we're focused on it, we're being misavel and yearning as a human being, so let it. We're not asked to ignore reality. We're asked to go crazy on Zoom, but also we're allowed to say, you're a human being, I don't like figures. Any guy who's on Zoom, oh, isn't this amazing? Yeah, it's amazing, but you also, I hope you're groaning once, that to say we had something different. So today, collectively, we groan, we experience something beautiful. And we groan and we crave and we feel a loss, a void, in our own lives, in our families' lives, in our community's life. And together today, we're applying ourselves and feeling that which we always yearn for. Zechara de noy meha yalanu oi. 
Habito Reyes Herpaseno, Oy Mayo, Lord of the